I'm Dante Centauri, and I love to talk about insects. I'm Mia Centauri, and I also love to talk about insects. So we'll be talking about insects together on Insect View. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Insect View. In today's episode, we're focusing on the Luna Moth, one of the more enigmatic moths of North America that I don't think I've ever actually seen before. Yeah, I've never seen one either, and I, I know that they live... Here we live in Ohio. I don't know if she's a caterpillar one before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. Now you bring it up. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I'm kind of mad. I, I feel like I never, mm-hmm. I never get to see cool like moths. Like I feel like everyone else I know, they all they have like a moth in their collection. It's just like, oh yeah, I found this on my garage door. I like have never, <laughs> I think I've never found like a big moth before. That's life. But I the guess, Luna, right? the Luna moth to get into the that the taxonomy of it, uh, it's a member. Uh, it's the Luna moth. Uh, Actius Luna is a member. The family Saturnidae is actually named after the fact that a lot of members have spots on them that I guess are kind of harkened to looking like Saturn, which is kind of interesting. But the spots looking like a planet is kind of believed. It's maybe why yeah. uh, the Luna Moth is called the Luna Moth because the spots on its wings it has little white spots on its wings that do look a bit like the moon. So it kind of makes sense. And yeah, it, it actually. Change, the name changed a bit because originally in 1700s or like 1700, it was named uh, Falana Plumata uh, Caudata, which translate, translates to Brilliant Feather Tail by a naturalist named Petiver. And like 16 years later, Linnaeus was like, this name stinks. And he, he renamed it to Actius Luna. But the, the Petiver guy was interesting. He's kind of like a that sort of like hobbyist naturalist that was a little more popular back in the olden days where he, he did something totally different. I think his job was like a doctor, but he bought specimen. Yeah. I feel like that's like a, a lot of these, they're like, they have yeah, like yeah. jobs, you know, it's like, I'm a doctor, but I'm an entomologist too. Or like, I'm a dentist, but I'm also your barber, you know? I yeah. guess there's just not enough people. I guess it was easier because nowadays like you need like certifications forever. You got to go to the board, yeah, you got to get, get a, like, a license, license, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, and now back then, back in the good old days, the only thing you needed to be a dentist was a pair of pliers and like a strong stomach. Yeah, really. <laughs> so. We should go back to that. I think it was mm-hmm. better, and good no times. one got infected. But it, it was interesting. He kind of like, I guess, bought some. Of his, he just bought specimens off like slave traders. He like financed some expeditions because a lot of his stuff <laughs> was from the New World. That that the quote unquote New World because that's how he that's how he, he was the first person to ID the Lunamoth because he got it in a collection from North America. So he, he'd purchased... Yeah, my, my opinion of that guy took a very, very, very steep downturn. I mean, yeah. you know, if people are even in the first place going over to, quote, the new yeah. world, um, there are kind yeah, of... Yeah, well, if you're, like, no part of good, a trading convoy to the uh, new world, like, that's an eyebrow raiser. Yeah. yeah what are you going to do Wait, over there? Where are you coming from? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's like there's like a ninety percent chance that anyone from that time period is just don't get don't yeah, get attached yeah. to anyone. <laughs> I think I, I, it's like every single time you read an article about someone, it's like there's like something's mm-hmm. gonna come up on Wikipedia, you know. And if nothing else, it's gonna be like you know, and his his wife who he met it's at like, age twelve, oh, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you're doing so well. Yeah, don't don't have any heroes from more than one hundred fifty years ago. Yeah. But back to the Luna Moth, the, as I kind of alluded to earlier, its range is North American. And so it ranges all the way from southern Canada down to the tip of te- the top of Texas, really. And it, it, its host plant actually kind of 
changes a bit per region because it has a kind of some common ones like ho- like walnut family, hickories, sumacs, sweet gums, persimmons. But really, regionally, the caterpillar will kind of change its host depending on just what's available. You know, it might eat walnuts over here, hickories over here, mm-hmm. sumacs over here. And if you took it out of its range and put it on a different plant, it could eat it, but it just wouldn't do as well because they kind of regionally adapt. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of lepidopterans tend to be um, like they're either very generalist. I feel mm-hmm. like they're very like specialist. Uh, so I mean, for example, stuff like uh, like painted ladies will eat yeah. basically <laughs> anything, um, and they're doing well for themselves because they're like the most common mm-hmm. butterfly in the world or something like that. Um, but I also thought it was kind of interesting just because I mean caterpillars are just like little yeah really tubes of food they just it's the only thing they do all day and i have to take care of caterpillars yeah, you know. so i mean yeah it's it's like the number one challenge just making sure they also yeah. have food in there but um but yeah i mean and like the the bigger they they get they just weigh like mm-hmm. several pounds not yeah, <laughs> not yeah pounds <laughs> but you know walk, you take a walk to the woods and you're killed instantly when a caterpillar falls from a tree and hits you in the head <laughs> yeah yeah it's like, like those, a looney tunes uh, anvil it's like bong and you just go flat yeah <laughs> yeah so and just talking more about the uh the the larva um which is probably uh the most important life stage of a caterpillar just because uh i mean it's like a lot of lepidopterans if stuff goes wrong in the larval stage that carries over into the adult phase um for example if you know if a larva doesn't have enough food or it doesn't have enough water even if it manages to successfully um uh, enclose, it might not actually be able to mm-hmm. enclose because of, like, conditions in their larval stage. Um, but in, in excuse me, but in, but specifically for luna moths, um, they hatch from these, these kind of small, sort of nondescript brown eggs, uh, and it, it takes about six weeks for them to grow, and they go through five different instars, which, um, if you don't already know, instars is just sort of a, a word for a stage of growth for an insect, and sometimes they're more distinct than others. Caterpillars, well, they'll sometimes, they, you know, they'll change uh, color or appearance. But for most caterpillars, they simply will just get larger. Mm-hmm. And that's how you determine the instars, the, the rough size of it, how many molts it's gone through. Um, and they'll get to be about seven centimeters long. Uh, and they actually have a defense mechanism uh, because uh, a larva is just like a big, soft, delicious bag of protein for anything that eats uh, other insects. Um but they can actually make a clicking that na- a clicking sound uh, with their mandibles, um, and uh, they'll do that when they're disturbed. If you like poke them, you'll be able to hear it. Um, and it's like a type of, of of signaling to warn predators that they're gonna actually like that they'll, that they'll like regurgitate uh, on them, which is it won't actually. It's not poisonous. They don't consume mm-hmm. a poisonous plant. Like for example, a monarch caterpillar, but. It's like gross, and it's, yeah, it's still a bunch a of deterrent. vomit doesn't have to be like made of acid to to turn you off of it. Yeah, and it's also like surprising mm-hmm. and unexpected, so that kind of thing could off put a predator and give them a chance to escape by maybe dropping off the leaf. Um, uh, so that's sort of like a, you know, it's like it's like how animals will like you know <laughs> like like pee on you or something. It's like yeah. um, it's not dangerous, but it's it's surprising and it's meant to throw you off. Um, and so when they, when they're mature, uh, at the end of their life stage, when they finish eating, uh, everything they're going to eat, um, then they'll actually make a cocoon out of the leaves that their host, or whatever plant they're feeding on. Um, and it's not actually anchored to the tree, so it just, it will sort of 
fall to the ground in the in the winter and autumn months, um, and it'll stay under the leaf litter while it develops. Uh, and so it actually takes around two weeks for it, it to develop, uh, but they can actually also uh, overwinter. So um, insect larvae uh, and, and eggs, I, I should say insect eggs, uh, can actually enter this, this phase called diapause. Uh, so during the cold months, uh, they won't develop, but once they're reintroduced to warmer climates, then they actually will start to develop and hatch out. Um, a lot of a lot of different uh, insects do this, uh, and you can keep something in diapause by just putting it. And, in and the after the the larvae survives this leaf litter stage, the adults kind of pop out, and, and the adults are kind of classic. Aside from their uh, really interesting appearance, they're pretty classic like moths. They have no functional mouth parts. They're just totally focused on mating. And the females will release pheromones in the males, which have the larger antenna. That's how you can spot a male most of the time. Uh, they'll detect these pheromones from literally miles away and fly all the way over there to find, find said female. And when they're on the wing, they're pretty vulnerable because it's just this large, flappy moth. And kind of like the caterpillar, as Mia said, it was just a protein sack. And they're not exactly super maneuverable. So they have to have a sort of defense system against yeah. primarily bats, which are the number one like nocturnal predator for these sort of insects. And they have a slightly more interesting defense than the caterpillar, which is, it's a little more technical, I guess. Those long tails that it has, aren't, they're not just for show. They actually kind of, uh, basically act as a decoy for the bats. It's not entirely sure how it's done, but the echolocation of the bats, the maybe maybe it's the turbulence of the tails, maybe just the extra mass towards the back of the animal. It, it throws off the bats targeting, and it, it hits the tails instead and kind of saves the body. And they tested this with... Uh, they did some experience where uh, 34% of tailed moths got captured versus 84% moths of mo- 84% of moths without tails, showing that it gives a, a legitimate survival advantage. It doesn't really have to do with flight or anything. It's just like chaff out of an airplane when a missile's yeah. being fired at it. Another thing, also, uh, this is sort of in general with moths, but I just think it's a little bit um, it's a little bit interesting, is that when you see a lot of times when you'll see like a moth like in a collection or something. It's probably going to be a male, and you can tell because they have these big bushy um, antenna, uh, and that's because the the females will generally mm-hmm. sort of stay in one spot, and the males will come to her because they can sense her pheromones, and so the males are the ones that are like flying out and like getting yeah. caught by entomologists, um, and, and so if you look at a, a collection, you're probably going to see a lot more males than you see females because those are the ones that are like flying. But yeah, out little moths are, are a fun topic. It's kind of I guess they don't have like some crazy quirk like some of the other insects, but it's such a yeah, yeah, but they're, I mean, they're really cool. And, I mean, they are just flat out. It's really such a classic insects. insect. Uh, I mean, they're, they're very mm-hmm. popular. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's been uh, Luna Moths. And thanks a lot for tuning in to this episode of Insect View. Um, things have been a little bit spotty with our Things uh, are always spotty episodes, uh, But we've, yeah, yeah, that's true. But we've, we've just, we've both been busy. Um, I'm taking summer classes, uh, which Ochem too. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, that's taking up a lot of my time. Um, and also, I apologize for my audio in this episode being absolute crapola. Um, I forgot my cable for my mic. <laughs> so I am recording off of my just my over-ear headphones, which don't have an awesome microphone. But I hope you can still understand me. Well, uh, yeah, make sure to follow us on all platforms. Uh, subscribe <laughs> and hit the bell icon. Um, <laughs> and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>